thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Pull up a rock by the campfire. It's time for that paleo show with your hosts, Sarah Stewart, Steve Hayter, and the man with no shoes, Brett Hill. That paleo show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Sarah Stewart. I'm Steve Hayter. You may notice we are one man down this week. Brett Hill is off in New Zealand on the last leg of the uh, Paleo Way tour, living it up with Pete Evans. So um, you're stuck with Steve and I today, but we've got an amazing guest, so it's going to be wonderful. So today, I know that when you chat to anyone about challenges they've faced at the start of their paleo journey, more often than not, the topic of navigating cravings for old food favorites is sure to come up. Like it or not, it's a common theme to associate good times and positive feelings to social gatherings spent sharing great food and happy memories. Today's guest focuses on paleo cooking from the heart with recipes that make beloved traditional dishes paleo friendly. Yes. So if you miss chocolate chip cookies hot from the oven, sweet and sour meatballs from your favorite Chinese restaurant or grandma's peach cobbler, you will love Paleo Eats. Kelly is passionate about educating us about good food choices with a focus on grain-free recipes, which she shares weekly via her website, A Girl Worth Saving. Here to tell us more is blogger, foodie, and author, Kelly Vigeli. Hi. Hi, Hi Sarah. Hi, Steve. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. We're super excited to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me and inviting me to be on your show. You are welcome. Kelly, before we get into your amazing cookbook, which just looks fantastic, I'd love to know a little bit about you and a story behind the name A Girl Worth Saving. Well, actually, the name didn't start off to do with anything with paleo or my journey on the paleo diet. I actually started blogging in 2006 as a personal finance blogger. And so I just came up with the name, A Girl Worth Saving, because it had to do with personal finance. Yeah. Um, But I got really burnt out on the topic and became more concerned about my diet and my health because I was very unhealthy. Um, And when I decided to start sharing about my becoming a mom and my grain-free diet, then my site kind of turned into a girl we're saving, a.k.a. is a paleo-focused <laughs> food blog. Mm-hmm, cool. And it still, it still is the same because it's almost, you know, from saving money to saving myself through changing my diet. Wow. And so you haven't always um, been familiar with paleo. How did that evolve? Well, in um, – 2008, I, I had mentioned, I just said I was pretty unhealthy. I had gone to a doctor's appointment and discovered that I was pre-diabetic and diabetes is something that runs in my family. So I, I immediately freaked out when I heard that because I am someone who does not like to go to the doctor. And, um, if I can do anything holistically, I will do that. And the last thing I wanted was to move towards, full-blown diabetes and end up taking insulin. And so Mm. I jumped online and started looking for anything I could um, to learn about insulin resistance and how to improve that. And I found um, Mark's Daily Apple. 
and I bought the Primal Blueprint and I started the diet and I was just 100% focused on healing myself um, without, you know, allopathic intervention. And it worked. Um, I, you know, I lost 65 pounds. I, um, but for me, I, I had actually been a vegetarian for nine years and I had suffered quite a bit from depression and anxiety and that went away when I started limiting my sugar. And that for me has always been the biggest benefit to the diet. Like, yeah, you know, I can lose weight and feel great and better in my body, but the mental anxiety and depression and all those issues, that being better was like, okay, yeah, I can do this for the rest of my life. Like I won't ever go back. Yeah, that's fantastic. And one of the things that I found fascinating about your story in the book, uh, Kelly, is that you talk about being a vegetarian for a little while and, and also raw vegan and right. that um, you weren't getting enough B12 and, and omega-3 fatty acids. And um, I was just wondering or I was curious, um, how, how did you go about assessing that? Do you, do you recall what functional testing you got done? I don't remember. I was just kind of like when – when my doctor said that, I was just in shock. And yeah. I was like, I will do anything. All I kept saying was like needles in my future. <laughs> and I was like, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. And um, I just, honestly, I just, it was like, I went home and I was like, I'm changing today. There, wow. I, will, I refuse to allow myself to, I can't see myself as a quote unquote sick person. And I just went home and I said, I'm changing. And my husband saw me change and he was like, whoa, <laughs> just, <laughs> I can't believe she did it. Yeah. And, and then he started doing it. And so he started seeing benefits too. Yeah, that's so awesome. You also talk about the Western A Price Foundation and right. uh, what you discovered when you came across them. Can you tell us about the, the role they played? Well, it's funny because I actually discovered Western A Price when I was a raw vegan and it was because I learned about raw milk. And I was like, hmm, this is interesting. And after reading through some of the literature on their website, and she was just talking about, she has some articles on there about vegetarianism. And I was like, wow, that is me. That is, that is just me right there. And I started eating um, bacon Again, that was like the first thing I started eating. It's the gateway. Good choice. choice. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And it's so funny because I was like, this isn't that great. Like, I remember thinking that. But I was like, I will do anything because I had so much depression and anxiety that I was like, I'll do anything to stop this. And um, it did help. But even though I started eating meat, I started – you know, putting some bone broth and cod liver oil and Mm. all that stuff in my diet, I still was eating way too much sugar. And so I knew I needed something else. I needed something more than just like soaking and sprouting grains. Yeah. Wow. And, and that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to try this. I'm going to see if it works. And I think, you know, everyone that I kind of run into, they're like at a point where they're so sick, they'll try anything and then they try paleo. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. A lot of people right. alive, don't they, in paleo? Right. From, it's like, yeah. I won't do anything. It's like, okay, I won't eat bread again. And then they try it and they're like, I love it. Yeah. I mean, so. 
Yeah, it's so interesting that you would say that, Kelly, because that's exactly what I was thinking while you were, you know, chatting about where you've come from. And a lot of people we speak to have turned to paleo because of a, a health crisis. And I was wondering, you said you went to the doctor, you did not want needles in your future, you came home and you changed. Could you perhaps tell our listeners what that change looks like? Did you transition slowly or did you just take the bull by the horn, so to speak? I I am not a cold turkey person. Mm-hmm. So I transitioned and I you know when I tried to transition I just like cold turkey I felt so sick. I didn't want to do it. So I was like no, I'm going to slow this down. And all I would do is I would have some sprouted bread. Um I started with like lunch and dinner and then I would take it off took it off from lunch and then Finally, eventually, I got rid of it for dinner. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't, that was maybe over like six weeks, you know, a six weeks transition because the, oh, I just, anytime I feel sick, I'm going to stop. And I know a lot of people are probably like that too, where they're like, oh, I felt so sick on that diet. I couldn't do it. Where it's like, maybe if you transition slowly, um, then you'll start to see benefits from doing that, that you'll continue. Yeah. We were talking a little bit before the podcast as well, uh, Kelly, that you were talking uh, about your, you have your podcast and you have a a co-host on there that uh, focuses around um, paleo on a budget. And one Mm -hmm. of the the really nice things that I liked that you said there was it's, uh, you know, you're not a cold turkey person, but you also draw a really good point in the book that, um, you know, real lasting change is something that's done um, step by step over time and just chunking it down into into bite-sized pieces. So, can you can you tell us a little bit about um, perhaps give, give our listeners a bit of a sneak peek of some of your top tips for for paleo on a budget that you've picked up along your journey? Yeah, um, I am I am by no means like a paleo perfectionist type person. Yeah, yeah. Um, I totally understand that everyone is on a unique journey and a budget because when I I had been able to go paleo before I became a stay at home mom. And when I became a stay-at-home mom, we lost an income, and I had to figure out, like, how to buy what we needed for, like, a third of our budget. Yeah. And and so, you know, at that time, we were, like, we qualified for food stamps. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to get food stamps. And um, what I started doing was, you know, I do a lot of discount grocery shopping, so check your discount grocery stores. Um, I didn't buy grass-fed meat at that time. I bought like the leanest cut I could get and supplemented with like a high-quality fat, like a coconut oil. And frozen veggies, um, you're going to have to do a lot of cooking, you know, no eating out. Um, and then also like we really re- evaluated like what was in our budget and how necessary it was if we were – if our goal was to eat as healthy as we could. Mm. So I didn't have a cell phone until like last year. <laughs> wow. I'm a little bit jealous about that. That's so cool. <laughs> you know, I didn't have a cell phone. We have like – I have my, my lovable beater I call my car <laughs> that I just don't want to get rid of because it's like – I don't know. I love my beater, but like, it's so cheap for me. You know, I put like $30 of gas in it. So, and I don't really like, we don't do a lot of traveling out of state. 
Um, but we just, we looked at our priorities. Like, is it more important for me to go to Starbucks or to, you know, buy food, you know, organic, I think apples for the week Mm -hmm. and go to grocery outlets and, um, farmer's markets, grow my own food and, um, just do, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Just yes. like always my, my thing with paleo. Cause so many people are like, I can't eat that way cause I can't afford it. And I'm like, but you're going to be so much better off eating, you know, real food than just saying, Oh, I can't eat this way. And then go back to whatever diet they had before. Yeah. Or dealing with the consequences later. Right. Absolutely. So. Kelly, it's so refreshing to hear you speak about, you know, paleo on a, on a budget is not a new topic, but just the reality of what it is like and, and the choices you make and that whole statement about, you know, not getting caught up in perfectionism. And reality is we need to find our own template and, and what works mm-hmm. for us at the time. And that's what I'm always saying to people, you know, do the best with what you've got. And to learn from someone like yourself is so wonderful. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, yeah. I'm totally like, just do what you can, you know. Absolutely. No one else is paying your food bills. If they're paying your food (laughs) bills, then they can complain. Exactly. That's so cool. Um, Kelly, on the topic of um, paleo budget, because I know that Steve and I, you know, we can't always get organic or grass-fed and and we make the best with what we've got. Something relatively new to me is the the clean 15 and the dirty dozen. Can you talk about that at all? Yeah, it's um, it's basically a list put out by the, I think it's the EWG, EWG, um, Environmental, I'm so horrible with names. <laughs> Those people. <laughs> Those people. Um, and like it's a list of the top 15 vegetables that test for low pesticides. So if you can't buy organic, you can buy, I know onions is usually on there, Um it's just a, a list of foods that you can buy, like bananas, I think, is on there, too. And then they give you a list of the top 15, like, high, highly, um, pest, you know, so produce that has the high pesticide. Yeah. So, like, you know, berries. I mean, if you think about the skin of a berry. Mm. Um, apples, I think, is on there. So, if you have to, if you're trying to buy a organic and you have some money for it to buy those foods yep. that are on the Dirty Dozen list. That's a good tip. Right. And, uh, Kelly, uh, in your book, I really like it because it's um, you can tell that it's been put together to just really be as comfortable and easy as possible for people to get mm-hmm. into. There's, there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of care and, and almost, I would say, affection that comes out of it, you know, because you've Aww. got, you know, you've said I've created special categories to help find recipes for specific occasions and you've you've broken it down to these little logos that you can yeah. look for throughout the book, which <laughs> is like, you, you know, for a birthday, oh, for you. Valentine's Day, for game day, for holidays. And um, one of the things I noticed is that you have gone and included uh, stuff for um, – autoimmune conditions or, or the or autoimmune protocol and there's a little uh, AIP icon that you can look for throughout the book as well. Can you tell us about why that was important to include in this book for you? You know, I think it all comes back to, and I talk about this comment all the time, but I had a reader leave a comment on one of my recipes um, where she was sharing how her son was, I think he was like 18 months, and this was the first recipe that 
she could make for him. And it was like the first cookies that he could eat. And it was an AIP friendly recipe. And um, for me, that might just made me go, wow, I had like for me, when I get into the kitchen, I'm just creating, I'm having a good time. I'm seeing how far I can push myself to create something. But for this family, for this little boy, he was going to finally be able to grow up and have a treat. And so I was like, you know, I kind of cried a little bit when I read that as a mom. And then I was like, this is important. There's, there are kids out there. There are people out there who still want, you know, some, a sweet treat every now and then. I'm not like a cookie pusher. You don't come to my house. I don't feed you cookies every day. (laughs) Um, but you know, for that special occasion for his birthday or for, you know, whatever to be able to have a cookie because we grow up, we've grown up in a society where cookies do, you know, have an emotion, you know, you give a cookie and it's love and you can't take, even if you want to try to take that away, you can't, it's been there forever. It's locked in there. Right. It's part of our culture. So, when I saw that, I was like, it was important to me to make sure that some of my recipes were AIP. Mm. That's really cool, Kelly. And it leads nicely into the, the next question that I wanted to ask you about. Something that's always really fascinated me and I've experimented and, and learned from it myself. When we started on our paleo journey, we got really obsessed with like the biscuits and the, the cakes mm-hmm. and the slices and all the fancy stuff. And then came to realize, hey, there's such food as as paleo junk food. You know, you can replace it. But what's your view? I know your book has a lot of these amazing, wonderful comfort foods, and um, I'm happy about that. (laughs) How do you feel about paleo junk food? You know what? I think that everyone is on their own specific journey. And um, if someone is transitioning, this is something they're going to need. Yeah. to transition. And um, I, I think that it would be hard not to have variety in any diet. I mean, if you look at every diet out there, there's clean stuff and there's the comfort stuff. Yeah. And so I have always thought of myself as someone who serves that niche. Like I, yeah, I don't wake up and eat cookies every day. I mean, a lot of the stuff in that book I tested, got right, and I haven't made again. Like the onion rings. And I wrote that book like a year ago, right? That's discipline. Well, it's just because I cook so much. Yeah. That like what I crave, like I wake up and I eat eggs and bacon like almost every day. I don't go, oh, I want waffles, Mm. you know. It's just like every now and then I want waffles and then I'll have something that I can eat that won't totally throw me off the diet and then I'll just be like, okay, you know, it's just, so for me, I think that, you know, it's hard to say, come to this diet and you're going to eat salad and burgers and, (laughs) and, and this for the rest of your life and you won't have a cake again for your birthday, like. How realistic is that? That doesn't seem very very realistic to me, especially if you have kids because I'm finding, um, you know, there's no way I was going to see my son grow up without a birthday cake. Like, I don't care. I'm not. Even if you you get into the raw vegan diet, they're making birthday cakes in that diet. (laughs) Are they ever? And they're pretty amazing. (laughs) They are because I I had, you know, it's so funny because paleo to me reminds me of raw vegan. 
in a way. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? Those are two totally different things, but they're not because the raw vegan diet is very health, heavily focused on real food and you pretty much cook everything yep. from your diet. Um, yes, you obviously don't eat meat and protein and liver and the yummy stuff like that, but they're still very clean eating type diets. Yeah, absolutely. And Kelly, I think you're now cemented in as my favorite person. I've been saying for a long time that there's more similarities between um, vegan and, and paleo than there is difference. So um, funnily enough, one of my very close <laughs> friends is a vegan and then another one is a vegetarian. Um, and then obviously Steve and I choose to follow paleo um, as our template. So it's some interesting conversation. Yes, I can imagine. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, yeah, the commonality is that we're all wanting to do the best for ourselves and and that theme of listening to your body and and making sure that you're giving it what it needs and operating on what makes you feel good. So that's really cool. I'm interested to know, you mentioned uh, your son briefly, Mm -hmm. um, and you seem to have a really great realistic take on things. I'd love to know about your approach uh, for your son when he's invited perhaps to social occasions or birthday parties? How do you go about navigating that world? Well, I, because I'm such a great baker, <laughs> <laughs> I will often bring stuff for everyone. So it's not like he's the weird kid eating a cupcake by himself. <laughs> yeah. So I will bring sweets. Um, everyone kind of knows the diet we're on because I am kind of strict with his sugar I just I just am that's like my thing Um, so they don't like give him candy and stuff so I pretty much just bring treats for everybody and then he has one and then some kids have some and then it's totally normal to him I'm sure as he gets older it'll probably be tougher Um, I'm not going to be like Oh, you can't ever have this because I know part of me wants to say that, but it's just not realistic yeah. Like to say you're never going to eat this. And so he'll eat it and who knows how he'll feel. He might feel like totally yucky. Um, so I, I try to be like as realistic as possible because I've been that person who's like, you shouldn't eat this. Da, 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 da. And mm-hmm. then, and then, like, two years go by, and then I'm like, wow, I was a total idiot for telling somebody in a different body, like, what they should and shouldn't eat. And it totally turned out to be wrong for me also. So. It's interesting, isn't it? I think if right, we're honest. That's why I just don't pass judgment on anyone. I'm like, it's your journey, dude. Yep. Do what you got to do, you know? Exactly. I think, um, you know, if we're honest, most of us can relate to that at least feeling of horror observing someone eating something and thinking that we know better. But um, like you say, it's so important to allow people the opportunity to have their own journey because at the end of the day, if they're going to be accountable for what they do, they need to experience it and it needs to be their decision. Exactly. Kelly, uh, I I want to know a little bit um, about the, the book and who's publishing it. Um, you have been fortunate enough to jump on with Victory Belt uh, to get your book published, and as we all know, they've got uh, they've published uh, such books from from legends and and friends we've had on the show like Russ Crandall, uh, Bill and Haley Staley, 
Um, you've got Diane Sanfilippo and, and Liz Wolf and a, a whole bunch of others. Um, Jimmy Moore is on the label. Um, the list just goes on and on with regards to the list of paleo legends. And uh, can you tell us about how you managed to, to get on board with Victory Belt? Um, <laughs> honestly, it was... I'm like a total ask the universe type person. <laughs> and um, I was just doing what I love to do. And I think it was where I had just contacted an author of theirs to see if I could review one of her books. And they put me in touch with Victory Belt. And so I was working with them. And they just, honestly, they just kind of looked at my site and my work. And they, I know that, um, they had tried some of my recipes too. Yep. And um, they just asked me if I would like to work with them on a book. And I was kind of like, yes, because I had seriously asked the universe like a year, oh, a month earlier. I was like, it's time for me to do a book. Hmm. And then I was like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> it's uh, just in case you're listening, universe, it's time for me to get a million dollars. Uh, that would be pretty great. And I'd like a new house, thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe a kitten as well. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I have been food blogging for quite a while and built up some, uh, you know, some audience. So I'm sure that came into it. And also my recipes are really easy. Like, I think that's what people love about my recipes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, totally. And and that shines through in your mm. book. And your book's actually a really exciting pickup with regard, you know, if, if someone was uh, just at the start of their paleo journey or looking to step into it, this is such a great transitional book because it creates excitement for you to sort of think, oh, my God, like I can have these foods. Like I know there are sometimes foods in there. But it's not like, oh, cool, I'm going to be like stuck into meat and veg for the, for the rest of my life. Like this, this is such a great variety of food and you talk about sauces and things like that um, and really cover the whole gamut, um, which, uh, which is exciting. Um, I wanted to know with regards to your blog and, and perhaps even extending to your social media if it's similar, what's, what's the why behind that? What, what, if, if you were to concentrate it down into uh, an essence, why, why, do, what do you, why do you do what you do with your social media and your blog? With regards to paleo, do you mean? Or? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what, what drives you? What are you hoping for people to get from it? Honestly, I, for me, it's just about showing people that paleo doesn't look a specific way. Mm. That paleo is for everyone. And, you know, we, we often see images of what we expect. And... You know, it's not me. <laughs> yeah. You know, I I think that people are there's a there's a mo, you know a image of what paleo truly is, and it's a, it's a diet that's for everyone. Um, you know, you can try it and see if it does help you on your journey. It's helped me immensely on my journey, um, and it's it's not an exclusive diet. Mm. Yeah. That's a really powerful message, Kelly, and um, you're certainly a living testament to the benefits of it. You just look absolutely glowing in all of your pictures, um, so I think that's a, a wonderful um, evidence that it's certainly working for you. So keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> Kelly, I'm I gonna, will. Awesome. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit before we wrap up. 
Okay. Um, I would love it if you could share your top three health tips uh, with our listeners. Um, the first one is probably baby steps and to know that it's a journey and far too often we see journeys as like this overnight type thing when it's something where you're going to do really great and then you're going to fall on your face. And then the important thing is to get back up and to keep doing, doing the work. Mm. Um, let's see. The second thing would probably be to. Again, I can't stress enough. Just be gentle with yourself. I think a lot of people are, they're sick of being sick. And um, when they're ready to make that change, again, it's not an overnight thing. And um, the third thing would probably be to, um, to always eat real food and to do what feels good. Yeah, awesome. I love those tips. What a um, fantastic message to leave with people. Thank you. To our listeners at home, if you like what you heard today and you want to know more about Kelly's journey, follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at A Girl Worth Saving. To purchase your very own copy of Paleo Eats, and trust us, it's absolutely amazing, or if you want to score delicious recipes and more delivered straight to your inbox, head over to her website, which is www.agirlworthsaving.net to subscribe, to subscribe. and you'll also get her ebook at the moment, I believe, which is Wickedly Chocolate, which is full of paleo treats and sweets, and you'll get that absolutely free, so Sounds like a done deal to me, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) As always, we hope you enjoyed the show as much as we did. Remember, you can join the conversation by liking that Paleo Show on Facebook and following us on Instagram. Until next week, continue to share your story and help to grow the Paleo tribe worldwide. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.